And then there might be other compensations. Maybe when we tuck our butt under, right? That's us trying to pull ourselves, mm. pull ourselves back or change that center of mass. And so, so we can think about all of those patterns as sort of nerve, important nervous system representations. And so from my standpoint, if I see someone who's in these more bilaterally extended patterns, has some more layers of compensation, maybe some hypermobility, we know their nervous system is going to be a little harder to regulate. This is Pros Talk Pregnancy, the no BS show that's not afraid to get real about all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and beyond. I'm talking with visionaries and game changers who are challenging the status quo and changing the world one pregnancy and one birth at a time. I'm Lindsay McCoy, mom of four, lover of the mountains, seeker of knowledge, exercise physiologist, birth doula, and childbirth educator. Basically, I'm an all-around pregnancy and birth nerd. My passion is making pregnancy, childbirth, and recovery better and empowering professionals and families alike. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We, I'm here in my house with Haley Kava. Yeah, so usually I record virtually, so it's always fun and helpful yeah. to be in person. I feel like it makes such a difference to get that real, real time connection yeah. to be able to, I don't know, just it's like just different. vibe. It's just yeah. different. Yeah, so we just got back from a hike, and now we thought we would just hit record and talk pelvis. You got your pelvis model yeah, here. I got my little pelvis. And I have a cabinet full of them. I, my husband was making fun of me because you texted like, on my way with my pelvis. And he's like, I can't remember how you phrased it, but he was like, yeah, this makes sense in Lindsay's world. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Carrying our pelvises around. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, I have some pelvises that move. I have some pelvises that don't move. And right. sometimes in a session I'll be like, oh, I don't have the right pelvis here. Right. And, and people will always be like, ooh, where'd you get that pelvis? Like, mm -hmm. I want that one. We are like, mm -hmm. I'm like, Ooh, I need to get this one with this longer femur. This is yeah. awesome. This is the Sawbones pelvis I from Sawbones.com. I, I love have it. Not, not sponsored. <laughs> so tell us, for those who don't know you, mm -hmm. what like what you do, yeah. all your things. Yeah, I'm Haley Kava. I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist, and I specialize in a type of physical therapy called postural restoration. Um, and just like you can specialize in body ready method, yeah. or you can specialize in different manual therapy techniques, maybe as a body worker, like craniosacral, mm -hmm. I've just sort of chosen this path of PRI for short. And I found as I've gotten more into pregnancy and birth and postpartum and other pelvic floor recovery clients is that it does sort of overlap really nicely with a lot of the things that that you teach within body yeah. ready method and, and, and kind of spinning babies concepts. And, and so to sort of have these more global models to assess people's whole body and understand how does the pelvic floor, why is the pelvic floor responding the way it is within this whole system? Because I like to not blame the pelvic floor. Right. That's so true. <laughs> you know, I feel like, and I'm sure it was similar for you because we probably got into this work around the same time, like early 2000s. I don't know. When was I? 2000? I don't, whatever. But I feel like, like even in the last decade, it's shifted a, a little, at least a, enough we have much farther to go, but I feel like back in the early 2000s, even like 2010s, it was all about the pelvis, the pelvic floor and Kegels. Kegels. Mm -hmm. But then it goes, oh, Kegels are out, squats are in, right? But it's still, it's, it's still the same, like one exercise 
will fix you. Right. And it's not that simple, unfortunately. Yeah. I wish it was. Sometimes I'm like, great I wish if it we was. had one exercise. There's like sort of Kegels in the pelvic floor world are still very much in. Oh, are they? Okay. Maybe and, see I live in my own little yeah, bubble sometimes. And, and so there we call like we're like kind of these rebellious pelvic floor PTs who are standing more on the side of like we don't need isolated pelvic floor contractions right. in order to help our clients. You know, um, but that causes a lot of drama in the pelvic floor world. Interesting. Because I think um, really t pelvic floor PT has really only been around for about 20-ish years. And so those, some of those like original founders of us doing internal exams on clients, that's, that's what sort of kicked things off was pelvic floor muscle contractions and that there is some literature to support you know, isolated pelvic floor muscle training. Sorry, my dog's being but, so annoying. <laughs> but, <laughs> Ignore that's, her. but that's like, again, we can evolve. Totally. And we can, we're learning more and we're learning more about integration. And so we're not saying that we're not thankful for, for that foundation. We're not right. saying we're not thankful for, and that that hasn't been really beneficial for a lot of people. It's just like, why can't we all grow and expand? Yeah, life is growth, right? Mm -hmm. Life is growth. If I think of how I was working with clients a decade ago, I would cringe, but also that was what it was at that time. Like mm -hmm. we all are evolving and growing. If you don't like that's oh, yeah. to me, like growth is life. Yeah. Like, so we always should be evolving in our approach and I'm even always shifting and learning and growing and I'm super interested in PRI. So I want you to tell yeah. me like, okay. kind of like what it is. Cause I've been seeing, there's a lot of um, people that maybe that I follow in my world that seem to be PRI people. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, that sounds like that person's a PRI person. Yeah. Not yeah. In, a, in a good way, because yeah. it really, I really vibe with it. So yeah. I think maybe that's why we vibe. So I want to hear. Yeah. Tell so, me what it is. So, yeah, Postural Restoration Institute was founded by a guy named Ron Hareska. He's actually in Lincoln, Nebraska, oh, of all places. Funny. And I love he it. was a, um, a dental student. Oh. And went to dental school because he wanted to learn about how um, teeth impacted the whole body. Oh, and I'm sure they do, right? They absolutely do. Oh my do. goodness. But what he was learning in dental school was that they were cleaning teeth and filling cavities. And, and so he was like, oh, this isn't really what I came here for. <laughs> so then went to PT school because, you know, Love why it. not? And yeah. he started working with people who had had strokes hmm. and amputees, I think, kind of at a VA. And was noticing like these really typical patterns of gait, really typical patterns mm -hmm. of asymmetry. And then depending on the type of stroke someone had would see these patterns like very, very dramatically as like one side of their body, um, like neurologic connections were altered. And so changes in the breathing, changes sure. in their arm swing, changes in the way their pelvis moved. And so was like really fascinated by that, was kind of exploring that. And then started working with more people who did, were, did not have amputations or strokes, just sort of health, you know, people yeah. without these big concerns and was seeing these same patterns. Hmm. Was like, hmm, that person doesn't swing their right arm. What's that about? Yeah. And so just started ex sort of exploring from there via a lot of like sort of early tensegrity study from lots of some Ina Rolf stuff, mm. just like integrative body workers um, and just trying to put, put all of this stuff, to, a lot of um, osteopathic yeah. stuff. So bringing it all together. Kind of just I love bringing that. it all together and, and so sort of coined a few different patterns, types of patterns, and sort of labeled them based on different chains of muscle and how they work together. And yeah, just sort of developing that science 
from, from there. And one of the roots of PRI is one that we are all innately asymmetric. So the right and left side of our brain is different, our nervous system, our vascular system. Our diaphragm. Diaphragm is hugely asymmetric. Right. And um, our heart kind of sits over to the left. Our, you know, our liver is underneath that right side. And so that influences how we, we move. And so you know how muscles of the hip interact with the pelvic floor, how the pelvic floor position is oriented in these different mm. asymmetrical patterns. And so we can be more specific with those interventions when we're aware of those positions and then giving us assessments to determine where is someone at beyond just how someone looks because that can sometimes be deceiving or confusing. Yeah, that's super true. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I think maybe that's why I was like, I, I like this PRI stuff because whenever somebody comes to me or comes to one of our BRM um, pros, my whole thing is like, it's not a protocol. There's not like, oh, this person has back pain, do these three exercises. Right. If somebody in our, our pro group who's been trained by me asks that, I'm like, wrong question. You don't just say, what exercises should I give this person for this pain? I say, I don't know, what's, what's, what's going on with their body? Mm -hmm. What did you assess? Yes, do they have exactly. an anterior tilt? Do they have a lateral tilt? Do they have a wide rib? You know, there's so many different things. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, and it's tricky in the world of social media because people's, what, what like is popular is like the three things to fix your low right. back pain. Right. And I'm like, well, if you also have this pattern. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. And so, yeah, capturing all of that, that nuance. We do our because, best, but and, yeah. And so sometimes people's um, issue or physical therapists sometimes take issue with, with PRI concepts because it's, it's hard to integrate. Yeah. It's, it is, yeah. it's more things to think about. It's more things to analyze. It's more data points to look at. But for me, when I first started learning about it, I, was, I hadn't had any kids yet. I was sort of a pretty new physical therapist, um, but was dealing with so much low back pain mm. and like SI joint pain that I really um, was going to stop being a physical therapist. Um, I was working in a very busy outpatient sports clinic and just was, I'd have to walk bent over for like 30 minutes when oh, I get to work and was yeah. like, I just can't keep doing this. And so, um, I, and everyone from the training that I had had up to that point was like, oh, that pelvis doesn't move, the SI joint doesn't move, so you're not really having pain in your SI joint, it's something else, and you just need to m move more, get stronger overall. And I was just like, I don't know if I believe this. Yeah. <laughs> right? I yeah. think there is more nuance to it, because... You know, someone can do like a manip on me and it will immediately feel, feel better. And so, so I knew there was more, there was more to it. And so I met with former mentor and kind of current mentor and I saw her as a patient and was like drenched in sweat doing the exercises, but like immediately was like, this is what I have to do. I mm. can't stop. I have to learn more about this. Right. And love I literally it. quit my job the next week and started working for her. I love it. It was like meant to yeah, be. It was yeah. like you found it through your own experience. Mm -hmm. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's, so there's got to be, there, yeah, there's got to be more to it. And so through that was working with people of all different phases of life and just had like a string of people who had just had babies. They were coming to that sort of outpatient orthopedic clinic because of back pain or neck pain or jaw pain or whatever they were coming for. And we were working on their whole body using this PRI approach. And they would come in at like their third or fourth appointment and be like, you know, I know we didn't talk about this. I know this is not what my referral is for, <laughs> but I was having a lot of pain with sex or I was leaking yeah. pee. And now that's getting better as I'm 
my whole body is getting better mm. and I'm like oh Yay. that's really cool like and also that just seemed way more important to me right <laughs> right like, yeah. like like peeing pooping being able to have sex are all really important central things to who we are yeah. as human beings and you know my the eight-year-old kid with an ankle sprain just all of a sudden didn't seem so fun to you're like oh well yeah I think it's <laughs> all about like any... following your passion mm. is how you like have your joy in life like I, I didn't do birth I I feel like no matter what I would have done like my path I would have always ended up where I am this yeah. is where I'm meant to be yeah. and it clearly yeah. where you're meant to be is yeah. like the pelvic floor and the pelvis I mean we, we have like sh like probably 10 pelvis models in this room right now. Right, right. Yeah. And so, and so sort of um, most of my pelvic, what I've learned about the pelvic floor has been through understanding it from a more global standpoint. Mm, so it. I really kind of came into it from the outside in and then started taking more direct pelvic floor classes. And not to say that those classes aren't very well put together and researched, but I would always leave those going, I'm going to just set aside any of the exercises that they taught and I'm going yeah. to just see how some of these, like how these pelvic floor muscles are responding is also corresponding to this bigger picture that I'm already kind so of looking true. at. Um, and the, I, what I tell my, I mentor some PTs and, and what I always tell them is like the, can, the diagnosis does not matter. Mm. I sometimes don't even want to know. I know. And right? you know, and sometimes people, know. well, yeah, but, and also sometimes I find that people get diagnosed and then they like take it on. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like they take it in, like yeah. I am this, yeah. I am broken. And that's not helpful. You know, someone just commented on one of my social media posts on Instagram that a chiropractor told them that because, and what they were explaining, you should go look at the comment. Cause what they were explaining is probably a PRI. Like pattern, it was, yeah. it was a pattern of like, it's like the pattern we all see, like one hip shifted forward, one hip shifted mm -hmm. back, like anterior, mm -hmm. posterior. Mm -hmm. And her, her um, chiropractor said, you, oh, you have to keep coming to me because you have half the space in your outlet that you should. And I was like, mm. I kind of was like, basically <laughs> like, please fight. Like that doesn't sound right. And if they're all they're giving you is come pay me to adjust you more. Right. And that, like, that's a red flag. Or you're not going to be able to birth your baby right. without these adjustments. Right. Yeah. And no, I I'm say not, what, I what I tell all my, what I tell all my pros that I, I mentor, I'm sure you tell yours a similar thing is like with great knowledge comes great, great responsibility. We, I would never, even though I can look at a body and a pattern and get a really strong idea of where there might be a holdup in their birth, like mm -hmm. just based on the levels. Um, I'm not going to tell them, oh, I think your baby's going to have a hard time getting into the pelvis or getting right. out of the pelvis. Like, that's not empowering. What if we just say, like, it would be beautiful for your pelvis to experience this. You know, let's explore, like, can we do this from, like, a positive? Yeah. Because so, we know the body-mind connection. Yeah. What I always talk about in, in sort of as we're getting closer to birth with the client is you... The goal is to support your nervous system through birth. Right. Number so one. So when you feel safe and supported, your body's going to move in a, in a way in teamwork with your baby. Right. And that's exactly. going to help you both navigate this. I don't know if Ina May says this, the dance of birth. Like I this, love it. I'm this, sure lots of people, I don't know this, who said it, but this, yeah. This dance, right? You guys are working together. And that was like one of my mantras when I was giving oh, birth the second time. So I was good. like, we're working together. We're working together. Like... So true. And and to be able to tune into that versus fighting against ourselves is exactly. is one huge. Two is okay, now we know some things about your pelvis. 
And we know maybe what its preferences are. Right. We maybe know where it likes to hold some tension, maybe right. where it doesn't know how to control as well. So uh, it's the responsibility now of maybe your partner who maybe is coming to this appointment or your doula who has all this training to go, okay, we know where we know that maybe this left posterior pelvic floor holds a little more tension. So let's put your left foot on a block and let you keep doing your thing. Or, um, or we, we, I'm not trying, you don't need to remember all of these things that I'm teaching you when you're in labor, obviously. You don't need to think about this. Like, yeah, you, got, you can't be but, thinking through it anyway. <laughs> but you need to, um, your body needs to be able to go there. Exactly. Right. And so, so an, an area I see a lot, and you may too, is like, yeah, left, like left hip, the ability of the left hip to like shift. Yeah. And, and so again, what I'll tell people is we're going to work on it throughout your pregnancy so that when you maybe, if you call upon that motion in birth, it's available to you. Right. I think right? sometimes and, people think if they, like I'm going in, I'm in labor now. And so everything's just going to yield and get out of the way. Mm -hmm. Like a tight pelvic floor is still a tight pelvic floor during birth and it can present issues. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, as you know, I went from exercise physiology to birth and I was like, oh, I'm leaving exercise behind. And then I was like, oh wait, no, I'm not <laughs> like immediately first birth 40 hours long. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like clearly, like I love the birth techniques and I teach all the birth techniques, mm -hmm. but the birth techniques are like, should come way further down the line. And if we could get everyone to see a PT, a body ready pro, like whoever, I don't care. Like we, we were just talking on the walk, like how many, we want as many people in this yeah. field as there can be, because there's lots of people and we need lots of like mm -hmm. help. Yeah. <laughs> and so see someone in pregnancy, do a program, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. And not necessarily every pelvic floor PT is going to be tuned into That's that true. That's stuff, true. which is sometimes or any practitioner, but, but yeah, if, yeah, with the more, we want to start building more of that. Yeah. Let's everyone go to Haley's mentorship <laughs> and be a BRM pro and yeah, yeah. like there's lots of people doing work. And so I'm very, I'm feeling very confident and excited for the future as I think that social media and the internet and like the globalness now with zoom has really helped mm -hmm. maybe push things forward, but yeah. we still have I lots think, of work. And left I think, to do. yeah, social media in general for the birth space, I think is just huge and that people are now seeing other people's experiences right. and talking about their experiences where that was so private. I know. And now you're like, oh, wait, my doctor did that. They shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have this option mm -hmm. like a lot. Yeah. And, and it's, it's important for people to like take control of their care. Cause I feel mm -hmm. like too often we just, mm -hmm. you know, we just outsource our own experience in our body. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just had, I just brought this up on a different podcast the other day, but I, I just had an experience where a doctor was literally like, I asked for blood tests for my kid and they were like, no, um, I'm the doctor. I will decide what blood tests your kids needs. And I'm thinking, well, first of all, you messed with the wrong person. Like I'm a doula. Don't F with a doula. But it just reminded me of how much pregnant people, birthing people have to go through mm -hmm. just to like get competent evidence-based care sometimes. Yeah. I posted on my, my reel I posted today was just the stark contrast in nursing care between a very traumatic birth, my first birth, and mm. a like very healing, redemptive birth with my second. And I was already so prepared to advocate for myself, so, so birthed up for mm. that second birth Lots that even the 
um, I was I was advocating for myself. I had already told the midwife, like, if you can't check my check my cervix and catch my baby in all fours, then get someone who can. Like, well, I was yeah. I was like feeling powerful, vocalizing. Just I have some videos of the oh. sounds. <laughs> the sounds are ridiculous and amazing and I love cool. It. And and did a lot of work around like processing that that's good and okay and but I don't need to be ashamed of that and and this nurse was like running through the hospital with me as I'm like about to have this baby in in the hallway (laughs) and she the midwife was really just wanted this monitor on and so you can see in the picture the like straps are on the bed and they're trying trying to get it on and the the nurse who's standing right next to me she's like I'm just gonna hold it and she was just talking to me really softly. She's like, Aww. I'm just going to hold it. You're doing great. Baby's doing great. And the midwife kept being like, let's get you flipped over. And I was like, I don't want to flip over. No. And she's like, don't, don't, don't you move. You're, you're good. And I, yeah. you're doing great. And I was just like, you're an angel. Oh, <laughs> like, thing. A, a good nurse needed, is worth their weight. In yeah. Gold. I was like, I just needed to hear that because I was, I think my nervous system was getting ready for this like fight. No, yeah. no, f- I mean, I the baby was coming. Yeah. The baby was about to be born. You were on guard but I, a little bit. But that sh- like shift the experience so much was like, oh, yes, you're on my team. I also had my doula and my husband both on, like, both all there, like, offering this, like, beautiful support. And then, yeah, then I could You could let go. And let yeah. Go. And, and then the midwife kind of, like, closed, you know, was like, okay, fine. I guess I'm going to catch <laughs> this baby here. And, and it just, like, felt so good to not only feel like I was empowered myself but to have like just this one little voice of like yeah you're doing it and I'm supporting you it's just you know huge it's so huge for your nervous system I love that you brought up nervous system as like the first mm-hmm. so what, what we teach on BRM is like when the doula or the birth pro or any kind nurse midwife doctor they're like what should I do there's a labor stall or whatever mm-hmm. we I have my order and it's f the bs I won't say I won't say it the swear words on I don't know about this podcast but like <laughs> They'll probably, but they would bleep me out or they'd miss it. But F the BS, like flow, your labor, I call it the labor flow state because it's like that regulated nervous system is kind of like a flow state. And then there's a lot of research about like flow and then balance and then space. Because mm-hmm. if you're like putting someone in internal hip rotation, but you haven't balanced something yet, mm-hmm. it's not going to be as effective. And also, if you're like so focused on the birth position, but the person is running from an internal tiger, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. their pelvic floor is not going to relax yeah. in that so, experience. So in PRI, like, this this is sympathetic. Okay, so that's, she's showing externally rotated yeah. iliac bones or innominates. And that this is parasympathetic. Interesting. And so the... And so when she said parasympathetic, you did internally internal, rotated innominates yeah. or the yeah. iliac bones. Yep. Yeah. So um, we call this a PEC pattern. Okay. And then this is just like a neutral position okay. and then but we also need to go into the shift if you're doing one mm-hmm. and then the other yeah. and so the the pattern that that yeah we see in in pri which is common you grab 100 people off the street and you test their pattern we're gonna see what in pri we call a left aic pattern more frequently and that's what i think this person on my social media who's cairo mm-hmm. told them like that's just yeah. the way you are yeah. someone else that's- just also said today on a different post Oh, um, my PT told me that I'm stuck in ex- my, I'm just externally rotated. Yeah. And I, there's nothing I can do about no, it. No, there's absolutely <laughs> things you can do about yes. it. And it's a, so one side being forward and the other side being back is a normal phase of gait. Yes, exactly. So, right stance, 
is, the, you know, the or stance phase is the pelvis coming back and this femur adducting in stance and this is swing phase of gait. Yes, exactly. And then the reverse is stance on the other swing. So we need to be sometimes here and we need to be sometimes here. We just don't want to be here all the time. So you don't want to be in the shifted while you're standing yeah, at yeah. rest. You don't want to be in swing phase of your pelvis when you're right. trying to stand. Right. That's, you know, and that you don't want to be in stance phase when you're trying to swing. Right. right. Because then the muscles aren't maybe doing their job in the most efficient way. This episode is brought to you by the Body Ready Method, our game-changing, interactive, fully online course for perinatal and birth professionals who want to elevate the way they serve their clients. We teach you how to help your clients prepare their bodies for a more functional pregnancy and efficient birth and teach you what to do when during birth through the lens of birth biomechanics. Gain confidence and new skills to support your clients. Sign up for the waitlist for our next cohort at bodyreadymethod.com. Do they have a reason, like, has he identified, like, this is why I see this one most often? Yeah, so the, because of the diaphragm and okay. because of those internal uh, anatomical asymmetries. Okay, that, that makes sense. So really where PRI is going more is to this sort of sen neurosensory integration. Mm, so that. our visual fields, our um, auditory input, our nasal flow. And so we tend to get more sympathetic airflow um, through our nose on the right nostril. Our right visual fields are bigger than our mm. left. And our That's right interesting. Of I'm think I'm such a nerd, but I'm linking it in my brain to like the masculine side of our body and yeah. the feminine I'm side of our body. Like left being feminine, right being masculine, and it's interesting. And like the masculine energy is the more like outward go. Mm. I'm I mean I'm all you know I'm all masculine. I'm like <laughs> go go go. Yeah. And then my husband's more like the feminine like nurture. He he made us both like a chive, and then he went and left. But, so that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if people's patterns can sometimes go along with like mm -hmm. which of those they tend towards. Yeah, I, absolutely. And our, and our ability to oscillate yeah. between both. Because you need to be able to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so it's, yeah, it's, not, it's not good to be always in our right side. Right, I know. I struggle to try to okay, relax. Yeah. And it's um, and then to compensate within those patterns is what then takes us forward on more on both sides. Mm, okay. So then that's um, I sometimes will describe that pattern as like we're standing on the edge of a cliff here, okay. and we're doing everything we can with our muscles to to not go to not go over. So you're thrusting edge. your ribs, and you're kind oh, of. Yeah. Yeah, we might, and then there might be other compensations. Maybe when we tuck our butt under, right? That's us trying to pull ourselves, mm. pull ourselves back, or change that center center of mass. And so, um, so we can think about all of those patterns as as sort of nerve important nervous system representations. And so, from my standpoint, if I see someone who's in these more bilaterally extended patterns, has some more layers of compensation, maybe some hypermobility, we know their nervous system is going to be a little harder too regulate sure so or, they're always like mm, on high on, alert like on, the anxiety prone yeah, maybe yep yep okay um and so from a pelvis standpoint if we're maybe externally rotated in the the pelvis on both sides um one we're not able to sort of alternate really either way so maybe using more of the back or we're mm. over lengthening through the front of the hip and so that sometimes from my perspective 
where we're trying to use our hip to help reposition a pelvis, we, it won't always maybe give us the desired result, right? So like right. you were saying, like you can't internally rotate a hip on a nervous system that's like Yeah, that. exactly. And then, then we're teaching, oh, just internally rotate your hip to give birth, which is great. But it may not be having the desired impact. Yes, on it might outlet. not actually do what mm -hmm. you think it's doing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's huge. So yeah, people really need to dig to find this information sometimes i'm hoping it'll just be more mainstream yeah, yeah. but because it's so true like earlier on i forgot to comment on it but i'm bringing it back now about how we need to intuitively find positions during birth right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's not like in your birth you're gonna say oh i i need to internally right. rotate my femur right now like you're not right. in that right place in your brain but if you've never internally rotated your femur yeah. How do you know yeah. that's what you should do? Yeah, so you can't find. It's yeah. kind of like you can't intuitively ride a bike if you've never ridden a bike. Right, right. But if you've ridden a bike before, a, yeah. you can just go do it. Yep. it's no yep. big deal. Uh, so in with my you know second birth, really getting into my like kind of flow of, of birth, birthing at home, and um, at one point I was like, I need, I just need a break, and I like kneel down at the side of the bed, and then I prop up my my one my left. And I start just like rocking, shifting into my left hip. Interesting. And, and then I had this like moment of clarity, like I'm shifting into my left hip. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, I'm. Yeah, so you're, like, you're conscious. It's not yeah, like you're unconscious. Yeah. But I, I totally started doing that before, you know, there was this like conscious awareness of that's what I should be doing to help baby go through or navigate where they need to navigate, but I had practiced with that movement yeah. a lot. So you knew, mm -hmm. yeah, your body, I feel like your body know, like your subconscious knows it because mm -hmm. you've been doing it, mm -hmm. but you have to get it consciously before it can get into your subconscious mm -hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's why, so when we came out with this new birth program, so we have our pregnancy program, which is like lots of exercises to prepare your body for birth. So it's a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. We're not just internally rotating our hip, we're like, yeah. and it's not, it's, it's obviously gonna be better to see someone one on one, and so I always say see someone one on one. But then also maybe this is like easy homework, hit play, yeah, and just do a flow. There's really common patterns that you exactly. see, and that there's very common things that yeah we can you know have it be a more generalized program. And if that's totally. not getting you where you want to get, or you want exactly. more of that one on one guidance, then that's what. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like I love doing both. And then we came out with this new birth program. And the reason why, we, you know, not everyone wants that. So we separated it. Um, but it's all like there's three flows. And the flows are um, birth, like they're birth. It's like inlet prep, mid pelvis prep, outlet prep. But it's prep, but it's also like practicing the positions that you mm -hmm. may want at that yeah. phase of labor. Just so you can be like, and the inlet flow is cool because I'll have people do it like, the day before an induction or like mm. right before whatever because it's like oh let's just get the baby in the inlet now yeah. if we can but it's really fun because i find that like you said it's intuitively available because it's not the first time you found yeah. it yeah. and yeah. so that's yeah. that's been huge for people and i i love like just all of these professions of us coming together and slowly but surely like getting this like common language mm -hmm. around the pelvis and the birth and the physiology. Yeah, yeah. So I did, so a, fun. I did a talk for some like a platform for pelvic floor PTs talking about these different patterns and, and really oops, the impact that that has on the length tension relationships in the pelvic floor. Ooh, yeah. And literally it was like, Bug, uh, you know, these are not, these are very traditionally trained PTs, which, you know, they 
are still doing great work. Yeah, of but, course. But, but we're just it was on the just sort of like this bug-eyed look of like, and then I get the question like, oh, well, that's true for maybe labor, pe- laboring people or preg- pregnancy because maybe the pelvis moves more. But is that true for people who are not pregnant also? And I go, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I love shifting the paradigm. It's like, so fun. So if these bones were, did not move, it would be a solid bone. Yeah, exactly. That's what I tell people. It's not one bone. Like, so if, and if that were unique to, to people with vulvas, then men, people with penises would not have a pubic symphysis. Right. They wouldn't have this corrugated. It would be different. Yeah. Yeah. There's tons of ligamentous support because it moves also. So we need all of this ligamentous support for stability because it is a force transfer, transfers force. Mm. But it, it definitely moves a little. And when we're talking about these pelvic floor muscles, you know, and you talk about birth, millimeters absolutely matter. Totally in matter. terms of the, the, the length tension relationships and efficiency and the ability to contract and the ability to relax or eccentric load or concentric load, those, those little bits of, of movement do matter. That, doesn't, that does not mean that it's not dynamic and that person is stuck with that. Right, right, right. Does it mean that it takes a little bit of work to get them out of it? Yeah. Yeah, everyone has a different starting point. Yeah. I think, like, you know, you can't say, like, everyone's going to have the exact same birth or result or whatever. It's like, well, where did you start? How have you used your body for the last 30 yeah, years? Right. Were you an athlete? Were you, did you work at a desk? Did you, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We all do so many unique yeah, things with our bodies. Yeah. And, I, and I think sometimes people think, oh, I'm so broken or screwed up. And I'm thinking... No, your body's amazing. It just did what it needed to do yeah. to get you through mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. An accident, a sport, or, you know, mm-hmm. we all have these. That's why it's fun. I love working with bodies because it's, and I like working it. We work in a similar lens of like, let's look at this specific body and what's in front of you because it's always like a fun puzzle to solve. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to give everyone the same three exercises. That's so right. boring. Right. It's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a, within PRI, they have like a whole catalog of exercises and, and then I sometimes have, you know, yeah, you, as, as long as you know the body, uh, you can like uh, be creative. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think there's days where I don't give the same exercise twice. You know, right. because how we approach something or how we get into it. And, and um, even this week talking with some PTs about this, like, oh, where, where do I go first? And I go, sometimes do I go more inhibition? Do I go more retraining? And I go, well, sometimes one, you can, you can try it and see. See what happens. Sometimes it depends on the day for that person. Yeah. Right. So sometimes our nervous system needs more down regulation. Sometimes it needs more um, sense of activation and support right. to feel safe. And so... I can't necessarily say for each individual what's going to work, but you have to sometimes have like a vibe check. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, it was kind of like being a doula too. Mm-hmm. It's like you always have to, like someone was just asking in our, we have a Facebook group for body ready method pros. And someone was like, I've been at this birth, this person's pushing for a long time. What should I do? So it's fun because we will like help each other out. Mm-hmm. And, and I gave these two different options. And I was like, you're going to have to use your intuition of which of these, because you can't do them both. They're both like, like it was like two pretty big maneuvers and I was like you could try one of these two I gave you know the lesser options but like pick one yeah and I can't tell you which one because I'm not at that birth Birth. yeah you're not so there's a lot Mm -hmm. going on there and Mm -hmm. I do really think that we don't trust our intuition enough and I think that there is knowing it all like clinically and knowing all the science of it Mm -hmm. maybe this is just my birth my doula-ness but I'm like so true 
There's also intuition is a really big piece of in knowing what, and then you try like an exercise, I try something, oh, they're really competent, like they're really having a hard time doing that. Well, then let's give them something else. Like mm -hmm. that was a great assessment. Now we know you can't mm -hmm. do that. Or I wouldn't say that to them. Yeah. I say that in my head. Yeah, yeah you could, else. in your mind, you could have the perfect technique, the right. perfect thing. And then that person goes, no, thank you. And then you go, okay, let's move on. Yeah, so I it's fun. It's fun to try. Yeah. And I, you know, I've been telling the people who are just getting into this, like, you just gotta start doing it. You just mm. gotta start working with bodies and like trusting yourself. You don't have to be like the best. You but like right. you are giving them so many helpful things. Just teaching someone how to hinge properly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just teaching them how to breathe. Mm -hmm. Like think of breathing. I mean, we could yeah. go all talk on yeah. breathing. And yet you're never gonna become the best without messing it up a bunch of right. times. Right. I know. Like, I exactly. absolutely have made people feel worse. Yeah. Like don't sometimes, your, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you pick the wrong thing or their nervous system's on the place to like accept what you're, you're giving them. And so yeah. that, that happens and it's okay. And we can, right. we can still figure it out. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> and the learning I think happens in those, in those moments. So, so I've been asking everyone this lately and I think you're doing an amazing job of like shifting the paradigm of like pelvic floor health and pelvic floor PT. So like what's, like I know my approach to shifting the paradigm. Like how? Like how do you see? Like what's needed for pelvic PT to get this shift into this more holistic perspective? Um, I think from a physical therapy standpoint, it is having worked in a in the system. It is very difficult when you're seeing twenty patients a day, mm. and you are <laughs> seeing twenty patients a day. You have a lot of, you have to justify everything you're doing to an insurance company. Oh, yeah. And so if you're seeing a client with um, pelvic girdle pain, but you're working on some of their upper rib rotation, you have to be able to very uh, creatively. Oh, yeah, that would be hard to say to an yeah. insurance company, yeah. like, this is justified. Mm -hmm. And so having worked in that system, you kind of have your scripts and, you know, you get kind of better at describing this relationship. And, mm. um, but that's a really hard, fast way to burn yourself out. And so to, so what happens is to not be burnt out is picking your favorite three exercises and doing them with people who come in the door or doing, but hooking someone up to biofeedback is, is a break for you mm. when you're slammed seeing back to back to back to back to back clients. And so when I'm working with physical therapists who are working within this, this model and trying to survive, but also they want, they, they know that this is the way they know they want to expand what they're thinking and how they're doing yeah. things. As I say, just pick one client in your day and just start to try it and yeah. see what happens. And then like, and just stick, just stick with it with that one person. Don't worry about doing it with every single person yeah. you, you see. So, so yeah, so that you're seeing a million patients a day, try, yeah. try this with one. And maybe it's like your client you've been working with for a while, you're maybe struggling with trying to figure them out and the stuff you're traditionally doing isn't helping them the way you'd like. So you can, you can use them as your case study and kind of work through it and, and experiment and try. But then typically what will happen is then that person goes, well, I can't. Now I'm seeing how this, this more global approach is and impacting. And I want it for everyone. And I want to be able to do this for everyone. Mm. That I want to do it within my own, on, my, right. on myself. And, and so um, the, you know, the good ones yeah. are going to, I, maybe that's my bias is that they're the good, the good ones are the curious. Yeah, I think are going there to, is good ones. I don't think gonna, that's wrong. Are going to say, 
yeah, I'm, I'm seeing the benefit for this for myself. I'm seeing the benefit for this in my clients. I can't not do this with, with everyone. And right. what that is going to continuously require is that as a profession, we either you know, move outside of the system, which, which, which mm-hmm. I have done. I don't, I don't participate yeah. with insurance. But, but the more of us who do that, the more value we'll see in that. Mm. And hopefully insurance will also begin to see the impact of that. Will that, will that, will we ever win against the insurance companies? No, it's just not going to happen. Well, maybe, you know what? It's really funny because I did a podcast yesterday with someone I asked them about shifting the paradigm was a doula. And her response was also about insurance companies mm. and how if we could get the insurance companies on board for do, like covering mm. doulas. Right. So if we could get the insurance companies on board with better care, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You, yeah. You've worked like, with them before. Very, like, you know, um, so my rate, my one-on-one hourly rate is significantly less than I would bill for mm. less time one-on-one with insurance because of adjustments yeah. and whatever. And just the rate that that facility sets as their billing rate. But what I think physical therapists forget sometimes is because we just do billing the way we do is that if that person has not met their deductible, the they don't the patient doesn't see that adjustment. So they're still paying it anyway. So they're still paying that out of pocket until they've maybe met their deductible or whatever that is. And so, if you feel how I started to feel about it is like if I feel felt okay charging that amount of money for the quality of care that I was giving for if they had to pay the full, the full amount, sure. then cool. But I really, I, I was it. doing PRI. I was still seeing one patient an hour, but like, you were probably like the one that was like but, always behind schedule. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so, and so then going, okay, now, okay. I'm comfortable with what this, the value of this, I'm comfortable with, with you know, the, the out-of-pocket expense, people can still use their HSAs, they can still sure. submit that for out-of-network, whatever. Yeah, in order for me to even like stay in the profession and continue to put that information out there and be able to create content and, you know, grow and grow and grow yeah. this, you know, beyond myself and, you know, some other people who do it. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to kind of come out of the system in order to positively impact it. Yeah. I've done this, you know, I'm not in any system either. I, I, I think it's so hard for people working in the medical systems of all kinds. PT has come up now, you know, being a doctor, like, I feel like the reason Mm -hmm. I have so many doctors and nurses in my family is because it's like, it, it, humanizes that profession because it's really hard to be in that system if all you saw was traumatic births and births that are emergencies like that's what you're going to think birth is Mm -hmm. and it's not but a lot of doctors I don't think I've ever maybe even seen a truly physiological birth Mm -hmm. like truly from like start to finish Mm -hmm. I don't know if they've ever seen it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's and so I don't know yeah I think we're all just doing our work, and I think it's exactly. the more we can just continue to push this information to the consumer, right? Because if the consumer right. demands it, mm-hmm. that's going to be helpful too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think always, there, you know, for health systems, it is it does come down to like dollars and cents. I know. And so, yeah. where can we increase our value? How can we demonstrate increased value? And I think something that physical therapists are very bad at as general in our profession is we really don't participate in research mm. um, if we're working you know as a full-time physical sure, therapist, there's yeah. no there's no time allotted versus in the medical profession you know residents and they they have research obligations as they pro- progress in their career and most 
many physicians do participate in publishing research. Mm. And so I think if there was also a push for us to do that within our own that profession. That would be amazing. That we could start to show really clinically relevant research. Right. And then the 11 more, years later, it can come yeah, into practice. I'm right. teasing. Because the more I read, yeah, the more I read research, the more it's like, this wasn't written by someone who works with people who have these problems. Right. You I know? have so many research ideas of things that I really want someone to do a PhD on mm. because... I'm like, even like prenatal exercise research, a lot of it doesn't, it's not like specific. No. Yeah. Like any sort of exercise has benefits. Yes, mm -hmm. we know this. Mm -hmm. But let's just go a little deeper, right? Yeah, so. yeah. I want to I wanna do maybe some research on like fecal incontinence. Oh man, we should, we'll have to, after this, we'll have to, we'll have to stop recording and, and list all our, our research plans. Yeah, right. Because there's just, you know, so under, there's so little research. There's so, you know, P PTs don't even write like case reports, right? Physicians have a cool case. Mm -hmm. They write it up and publish it. Like I can think of, um, you know, probably hundreds of cool cases that had really good outcomes. Like, yeah, we should be writing yeah, this Yeah, we need to put this stuff out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of people who listen to this are like birth pros, perinatal professionals, PTs, maybe OTs. Final words of wisdom working in this space. Like, I know that's like, what's your final thing? Like, I, I need to think of a better think, way. Yeah. Be curious. Ooh, I like that. And stay curious. Like, yeah. don't get, don't get broken down by the, by burnout. And, oh, and like, so stay, stay curious about your profession and stay passionate about it. And if you are at a point where you can't be, and you're really struggling with that, then it's time to make a change. And that's your, your so signal. Um, and, and I get there's lots of different individual circumstances where that's not course, possible, yeah. but, but to really sort of think on that. And, and that yeah. is, that is great. That is perfect. I think that is why I try to do one like training or educational thing, or it's just like, I want to hear from different people. Yeah. Like, I'm like, now I'm like, ooh, Pierre, right? So it's kind of cool. Yeah. But like, there's always something to learn and there's always some way to grow. Or maybe it's a community event or mm -hmm. getting connected to other doulas or other PTs. I feel like sometimes just us connecting, going for a walk is like, oh, now I'm excited about yeah. looking into this, you know? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. that's so true. Stay curious and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Pros Talk Pregnancy. We are passionate about making the childbearing years better. And as professionals, when we work together, that is when we see the greatest shifts. Is there a topic that you would like for us to dig into with an amazing birth pro that you know? Or do you have a question around pregnancy, birth, or recovery that no one has quite yet been able to answer? We wanna bring you the topics that you want to know about. So please submit a question, topic, or guest suggestion for the chance for it to become our next podcast episode at www.bodyreadymethod.com slash podcast dash submit. See you next time.